Welcome, friends! I'm your host, Adrian, and yes, you found us. Stamp Stories, a podcast about Canadian stamps and the stories behind them. Yeah. So if you love stamp collecting, Canadian history or both, this is the show for you. This is episode number 30, and today we have a special episode bringing you the results of the Great Canadian Stamp Survey. But more in just a moment. Hello friends, thanks for joining us. Today I'm so excited to finally share the results of the Great Canadian Stamp Survey. There is so much goodness in this survey, but we know some of you may choose to jump around things and we wanted to make sure that it was really easy for you to go to the things that you care about. So if you want, you can jump to sections on the various questions that were in their survey. We'll also add images where appropriate so you can you know, kind of see the things that we're looking at as well. It's really easy to jump around. I'm going to talk specifically about the Apple podcast app, but every app should have something similar. So when you're playing this, if you scroll up, there will be uh, chapter markers and you can just jump to the questions. I'll make sure that they're marked very clearly and then you can just kind of jump right into the bits that you want to know about. I also want to give some background. So before we get to unveiling the results, I guess I should give a bit more background on the survey, how it even happened, all the good stuff. So I'm the administrator of a stamp community for Canadian collectors on Facebook. And one day I was kind of curious about the periodicals that people were reading. And so I did a quick survey and it was super eye-opening to some of the magazines that people were reading that I wasn't even aware of. And I started to wonder what else I might learn from surveys. So I went to look online to find out, you know, what kind of surveys had been done out there around stamp collecting, stamp collectors in Canada. And to my shock, there was nothing, or at least nothing public that I could find. So I decided to take action and to simply learn by asking others. So I started by going back to my community with an idea of, hey, maybe we should do a survey. And I put some of the questions to them and I crowdsourced others. So I said, hey, what would you like to know if there was a survey that was done and we were to ask Canadian collectors around the world you know, or, or just in Canada even, doesn't really matter. Just what, what are the things that you care about? What are the things that you wish you could learn? So they gave me some feedback on the questions and I waited a, a couple of weeks before I launched it. And then I put it on all social channels that I had access to um, through the website stampstories.com, various other places. And I was simply humbled by all the amazing people who also shared the survey or who even reached out about the results. So I want to take this moment to especially thank BNAPS, the American Philatelic Society, Trajan Publishing, the publisher of Canadian Stamp News, the Digital Philatelist, uh, Gene Wang, and finally, last but not least, Graham Beck from Exploring Stamps. I may be missing some other people and organizations, but I do appreciate everyone who shared this on their channels because the survey wouldn't have been as successful without your help. So thank you everyone for your support. So I'd like to first off set the stage with demographics because I think that's uh, an important aspect to any survey. So let me give you some overall demographics about, you know, how many results I got and all that good stuff. So we received over 110 responses to our survey, and I'm really happy about that. Fantastic turnout for a survey. 
So really, really pleased by it. And I hope that you're gonna find the results eye-opening as well. So first off, unsurprisingly, we saw that 81% of the respondents live in Canada. So 80.81.82 uh, of the respondents to the survey were located in Canada, followed by 7.27% located in the United States and 3.64% located in the United Kingdom. Not really a surprise that the majority of the people fleeing in the survey were Canadian on a you know Canadian collector survey. And I, I should mention as well, uh, if you'd like to follow along, I also have a very detailed blog post that will be in the show notes that has all the slides and all the details as well. So you can follow along for greater detail. I'm not going to read every result out, but just the highlights as well so that you have an opportunity to see, for example, that Spain made the top 10 of collectors of Canadian stamps. And next, we looked at in terms of gender and what were the majority of the respondents. Now, this is not really surprising that the majority of the respondents were male. Actually, over 89% of the people that did the survey were of were, were male. Now, I tried my best to reach out to as many female collectors as I could to get their perspectives, but it's undeniably looking at most, you know, stamp club memberships and show attendance that men make up the majority of the quote-unquote organized hobby. And I also took a look at my own Facebook stats for the community that I run, and it also just skews towards the male gender. You know, 78% of the members of my stamp community are male, while only 22% are female. And the majority, of course, are um, older as well. But we'll get into that in a moment. But uh, simply to say, there is a lot more work to do to make females feel more included and I would like to do this in future surveys and find out ways to encourage more female participation. Unsurprisingly as well, just as we see in the community that I'm running, and, and as I told you before, it ages a little older. So uh, the largest cohort in our survey are those aged 55 to 64, um, 65 to 74, and 75 and older. So 55 to 64 is 35.24%, 65 to 74 is 31.43%, and 75 and over is 13.33%. 45 to 54 is 67, uh, sorry, 60.67%, and uh, 35 to 44 is 5.71%. So obviously it's very skewed and towards the older demographic as well. And you know, considering that the majority of collectors are also lifetime collectors with over 60% of collectors telling us they have been collecting for over 40 years. So when we did the, you know, the math, 44.55% of you told us that you had been collecting for over 50 years and 18% between 40 and 49 years. What's interesting is the third largest uh, cohort, although it's a small number, was one to four years. So there's a relatively significant but non-significant portion of people that have recently started collecting. Uh, and that's actually ahead of people that have been collecting 30 to 39 years. So there are certainly a, a good percentage of people who have recently joined the hobby. And certainly what, what these results also told me is we have work to do in encouraging young collectors to learn about the hobby. One suggestion that has been floated is maybe looking at stamp collecting courses like they do in other countries. Seemingly, though, this is more divisive an idea than I thought it would be um, with, with those that took the survey. Um, I know this is how I was introduced to the hobby, so I'm biased to think it's a great idea, but only 
56.2% of you thought it was a great idea for elementary schools to have classes on stamp collecting, which is really interesting. I thought the percentage would be a lot higher, but obviously 43.8% um, of the respondents didn't think it was a good idea. So that's quite interesting as well. Next, what I'd love to jump into are collector preferences. So that what I want to kind of know is what were the preferences of most collectors? And we start off with this question. Which term do you prefer to describe yourself? And I'm really surprised, or maybe I shouldn't have been, that the majority of those surveyed preferred the term philatelist versus stamp collector. As a matter of fact, 6.5 of 10 preferred that term to describe themselves, or rather 6.45 if you looked at it on a scale. So interestingly, I've seen a study from the APS, which I also link in the notes, showing that women prefer to see themselves as stamp collectors Although the data from my female cohort in this survey did not show this, they too prefer the term philatelist. So it may just be a, an example of depending on how long you've been collecting, that's how you view yourself. But like I said, the majority of the people that did the survey see themselves as philatelists and less as stamp collectors. Interestingly though, most philatelists though consider themselves collectors rather than investors. So on a scale of uh, zero to 10, 2.03 consider themselves more a collector than investor. That was quite interesting as well from that point of view. Then I went and asked about uh, preferences when it comes to price guides. And not surprisingly, the uh, majority of people prefer paper price guides, but only slightly, which was interesting to me. So it's about in the middle, giving a preference between paper and online. It's about 4.15 which I found quite interesting as online would be more readily available and up to date and likely more accurate. In a future survey, I wanna see the results of uh, digital versus paper. I missed that on this go, if it was like a PDF or some kind of uh, portable app versus being like on the web, but there's always next time. But it still tells me that people still prefer paper and I'm, I'm assuming that's more because they don't want to be in front of their desktop computer and they prefer to have the tactile feel. But that's something that we can always explore in a future survey. Also, what was interesting is to find out that most collectors prefer collecting mint stamps. But we will see later in the collecting questions that I had that a significant amount also collect canceled stamps. But there is a, a Slight preference, 5.79 on 10 to mint stamps. So that was quite interesting as well because I, I thought it would be a lot further to mint, but it seems to be a mix. But like I said, as we go later on in the survey, we're gonna hear about how people prefer canceled stamps. So more in that in just a moment. In terms of uh, philatelists, the most important tool, which I thought that would be interesting, right? Looking at tongs and tweezers, like what's the most popular? And the only person that would know that would be the stores that are selling them. So it was a curiosity of me to know what tool people preferred. So when I asked people, what is your preferred type of tong or tweezer? Drum rolls. Do you have a guess on who the winner would be? You can scream it out at your radio if you like, but the winner and most popular, surprisingly, was the pointed tip, but the spoon and paddle tip was almost tied for first spot. So the pointed tip and the spoon paddle tip are the most popular type of tong tweezer. The angle tip, however, is the least popular, which is funny enough, my most preferred. I guess, uh, you know, the pointed tip and spoon or paddle tip people win the day, um, 
but I've always preferred my angle tip. I can't tell you why. I just find it easier to use. And maybe it's also I'm just fearful I'm going to destroy the stamp using the pointed tip. And then finally, but certainly not the least in preferences, I ask people where they prefer to buy their stamp material. And I guess this is a shock to nobody, but eBay was the most preferred spot. And I think it has to do with the breadth of product, the buyer protection that eBay offers, and simply just the ease of buying. So I know it's been my go-to place for a while, but uh, the breakout was quite interesting. So um, eBay was at 64.08%. Auctions at 59.22%, online dealers at 58.25%, stamp shows at 56.31%, direct from a postal authority, so like directly from Canada Post, 48.54%, and 31.07% preferred a bourse, which is interesting to me. Not really a surprise except for that one. I was just surprised at how many people had Boris as a preferred source, and it's something I'm going to have to look into in the future because obviously there's a lot of people engaging in that. Also in the future, I would like to relook at this question for better clarity as eBay is technically an auction, as is a Declamp and Hip Stamp. So I would suspect that auctions overall are just the most preferred source. I didn't really call out all the particular auction platforms, but I was also worried if I just said auctions that people wouldn't think of eBay as well as being part of that. So auctions by far is the, the leader in this as well. And as, as, as one can say, we're never perfect. We always going to learn and try to do better. And so with this, this concludes the part of the preferences. And I hope you found it illuminating in terms of the preferences that people showed. The next section that we looked at was what and how you collect. So I couldn't wait for this part of the survey to hear the results. Particularly, I was intrigued. I was intrigued. Um, there was a list I had seen in Forbes about what countries people collect. And I was curious how it would be if we asked Canadian collectors, like, what do they collect? What do they care about? So now we actually have some data. So in Canada, or Canadian collectors, 79.6% of people collect Canadian stamps. So Canadians, 79.6%. United Kingdom is the second most favorite at 28.85%. Interestingly, third is pre-Confederation Canada at 25%, followed by the United States at 24.04%. The Commonwealth, so all the Commonwealth countries at 23.8%. Then Germany, that I was really surprised by. So 20% of you are collecting German stamps. And the seventh slot, just under 20%, no preference at all. So you just collect anything and everything. So that's at 19.23%, which I thought was really interesting because that's way far ahead of the other three countries that kind of filled it out, which was France, Russia, and Ireland. So Canada by far is the most popular. United Kingdom comes in second ahead of pre-Confederation and the United States and Commonwealth kind of fill out the uh, top five. And Germany, like I said, has that strong showing. N next up, I want to look at were the themes or topics that people collect. And I guess I should not have been surprised, but the majority, almost 42%, had no interest in themes and just collect anything. What I did learn is there is a lot of diversity in the themes people collect. So those that selected other had so many different ideas and ways that they collect. So there is lots of diversity. Unsurprisingly for Canada, the royal family was the top theme, followed by animals being a top one as well, which is not shocking either, considering how popular the snow animal stamp was 
earlier this year, which it actually required extra print runs. I was also happy to see trains and maps so high up. These are some of my favorite stamps to collect. So as a just summary, 41.94%, you know, anything goes, 15% royal family, 13.98% animals, 7.53% maps, and 645 percent trains and there's a whole bunch of different one like military and sports and space and a whole bunch of other ones and Christmas actually is in the top 10 as well so none of the themes here are very surprising like I love Christmas stamps I think sports you know that includes hockey trains famous people was also quite high up in the listing so all of these areas are quite significant and like I said the other bits that people put in there there was tons because i gave people the option to choose the one they preferred so 41 percent said anything goes and then the other 59 percent selected the ones they collect and then added other so there were so many other uh, types of themes which is great i love to see that also when i was preparing the survey the feedback i had was to pull out specializations out of themes so originally i had them together What's interesting is that 50, 52% of people don't really specialize, it seems, but there are very specific areas that get lots of attention. Postmarks are a topic very popular on the channels I tend to read. Actually, most of the items on this list are not really a surprise. I, I've, you know, I see these on the channels that I read about. However, it's hard to ignore that there is a significant amount of very specialized collecting going on that does not go into the common bucket. So 52.94% uh, of people, anything goes. 23.53% focus on Canadian provinces. 21% on postmarks. 18% on Canadian pre-confederation. 18% um, on pictorials. 17% on small queens. 16% on centennials. 15% on large queens. 12% on tagging varieties. Admirals are at uh, just above 10%, so close to 11. 8.82% are specializing in postal history, and 7.84% are specializing in freaks, errors, and oddities. And 45% of you are other. So as you can see, just like themes, there's a ton of different themes that are tons of different specializations that people go into and, and study. So this, I think, is great for the hobby that that anyone can find what they're looking for and really delve deep into learning about the various things that they're interested in. So that's it for specialization and theme collecting. So as you can see, there's a lot of variety and I think that's great and very healthy for the hobby. And I'm excited to see, you know, in the future if these numbers change or how, how it evolves as well. And I'm certainly gonna make some changes to the survey based on a lot of the results to see if I can maybe surface some of the themes and specializations that people notified me of. As a first pass for the survey, I did my best to give people the best options as well. Next, I wanna look at exhibiting. So. One in four people who answered the survey are exhibitors, but I know there's a lot of interest in the space based on attendance and reaction to exhibition content and other questions later about, you know, asking people what they would want to improve about how they collect. So we know exhibiting something really has a, a huge potential for growth, but right now only 26.9% of you have exhibited and 73% of you have not. But like I said, later on, we see that exhibiting is something that people wanna learn more about. So that's exciting because to me, um, I'm not personally an exhibitor, but I love looking at exhibits when I go to a stamp show. 
they're just probably one of my favorite highlights to kind of look at the creativity and the thought process that people go through in putting together those exhibitions. And hey, who knows, maybe one day I will exhibit myself. But, you know, I'm part of the 73% that doesn't today. Up next in the survey, we then looked at how people collect, like the nitty gritty. How do we get down to like what people are actually doing when they're collecting? So some of the results were really surprising and some were not. For example, knowing that most people had mentioned they preferred mint stamps, I wasn't surprised to see that majority of people do not use stamp hinges. 60.9% of you do not use stamp hinges while 39.1% of you do. I'm actually surprised that the stamp hinge number was as high as it was, which leads me to believe this is just, you know, people that have been collecting forever and it's just something that they've gotten used to. Um, I also don't think it's surprising to see how popular stock mounts are. So we asked if people use stock mounts and it was almost the complete reverse of the hinge question with 72.4% of you telling us that you use stock mount. I love stock mounts, but everyone has their way that they like to collect but stock mounts are very popular for a lot of people and certainly a lot more than stamp hinges are today. Harkening back to earlier part of the survey when we saw how popular cancels and postmarks were, I was kind of curious when I start to look at the results how people would view creating their own covers. So when I asked the question, do you create your own covers? 14.7% of people said yes, and 85.3% of people said no. So I guess it's not surprising because it's a very specialized aspect for collectors. Although I should note that 82.7% of respondents told us they collect canceled stamps and 52.7% of you also collect postmarks. So I guess that's why I should not have been surprised that such a significant amount of collectors also collect official first day covers. And, and for those that don't know, the official first day cover is essentially, you know, Canada Post will put out a envelope with a design and the stamp postmarked to the day of the release. So when we asked people, do you collect official first day covers? 58.9% of you said you do, and 41.1% said you do not. And I personally think Canada Post does a fantastic job with them. So I am surprised to see such a large percentage collecting them, but I'm glad because Canada Post to me does a fantastic job with them. So I'm pleasantly surprised to see such a large percentage collects them because to me, there's something fun and I really like to see the designs they go with. And just as official first day covers have a large minority collecting them, so it wasn't the majority, the same is true of plate blocks as well. Plate blocks tend to be something connected to older stamp collectors and older stamps as those sheets aren't printed the way they were. So unfortunately, I don't have any data to prove this, but anecdotally, I recall when I was younger in the 80s that I would collect plate blocks and it was something fun that I enjoyed to do and it was something I certainly went after. Modern stamps don't come in that that way so it's kind of harder to collect plate blocks but overall when i ask people hey do you collect plate blocks 60.2 percent said no and 39.8 percent said yes so still a significant amount of collectors do go out there trying to look for plate blocks and then what i was really interested in were these next two questions which were really important to me i can't tell you why maybe i can tell you why i was just curious how i compare to others so I love to collect postcards, and I've been collecting them likely longer than stamps. I don't have a rare collection, but I would always buy them when traveling, and even before the time of digital cameras or having a camera in a phone was a thing, I used to always buy these postcards. So I have a, a, you know, quite a bit of a collection, but nothing that I would go get a price guide about. But it seems a lot of us both collect stamps and postcards, so more than half of us do. 53% of us 
or 52.8, however you wanna slice it that way. So 52.8% of us collect postcards and stamps. And that was very interesting to me. You know, in the future, what I forgot to add, and I guess it slipped my brain, was to ask, do you also collect coins? I suspect that a lot of you also collect coins as well as stamps. So we will save that for a future survey. Then the next question, which I waited with bated breath, was about souvenir sheets. I'd love to collect souvenir sheets, but I feel Canada Post does not release enough of them. And I was a little disheartened, I, I won't lie, when I heard an AMA with Jim Phillips recently with the Canadian Stamp News when he said it was a bit of a divided point of view on souvenir sheets with collectors. But it seems I'm not alone in my love of them. Actually, a full 67%, or 66.7% to be exact, collect souvenir sheets. So I'm glad to see such a high number love them. And I hope this encourages more souvenir sheets in the future. I just love how Canada Post does them and extends the design. And it's to me, one of my favorite things to collect. So that kind of ends a bit of, you know, preferences and things that people are collecting. I want to change speeds now and look at something a little bit more specific, which was actually certification and expertization of stamps. Here's what we found out. 36.4% of you told us that you owned a certified stamp. Yet, only 20.2% told us you had paid to have stamps certified yourself. So this led me to having a question, would you only trust certified stamps when buying a rare stamp? Which I had to quickly repivot after sharing results, as people pointed out, I did not define rare. So. I was able to get this in very quickly and was able to reword the question to ask, would you only trust certified stamps when buying a rare over $250 stamp? So the answer is 49.5% of you said no and 50.5% of you said yes. This conversation with the community of this result was a hot topic. At first, I really misinterpret this to mean people did not trust certification. But after some good discussions, I think we should read this more as people willing to take a risk. You know, basically half of people are willing to take the risk at over to over $250. They're willing to take the risk in buying a stamp. But thankfully, I also added another question to find out what that tolerance was and how to kind of figure that out. So almost 25% of people were willing to take the risk if they trust the source. However, only 26% told us that $500 is the threshold they would use as the main value range to certify. So basically over $500, 26.42% of you told us, hey, I'm certifying the stamp. I, I need to certify the stamp at over $500. But a significant uh, a portion of us told, you, told us that if you trust your source, that's 24.53% of you said you would not be interested in certified at all. And then 16%, um, just shy of 17% uh, said they're not sure. And 13.21% said value is not a consideration, but rather quality, scarcity, or rarity. So that's kind of an interesting aspect. In total, if you look at it, we're still a pretty significant portion of people want to have stamps certified, but there is also a very large percentage of people who are just willing to risk it if they trust the source or it's low value. So overall, what I can say that is if the dealer is trusted and the value of the stamp is under $500, it's unlikely someone will certify. At $500 Canadian, you may wanna consider certification 
or if it's something rare or scarce regardless of value as 13.21% told us, which is a, a good reason to certify. The next area that we delved into was that of price guides. Yes, we know the majority of people do not consider themselves as investors, but it seems many of you still want a price guide. And as a matter of fact, 86.2% of you told us that you own a price guide. And what's interesting is what brand, right? I want to know what brand do people collect? So, uh, or rather what brand do people use? So not surprisingly for Canadian collectors, almost 75% of you told us that the price guide brand you owned was Unitrade. And that is by far the leader in the Canadian stamp space. 53% um, of you told us that you own a Scott catalog. 25% of you own a Stanley Gibbons catalog. The top five is rounded out by Michel at 15.63% and Yver at 3%. And then for other, about 10% have other brands, uh, various other brands of price guides. Also on the list of questions, I was also curious to know what was the schedule people had when buying their price guides? Like, do they buy them every year? Do they buy them every five years? How, you know, how does that work? So 45.9%, so 46% of you told us that you have no schedule when buying a new price guide. The most frequent schedule seems to be every five years, with 20% of you telling us that's when you choose to buy a new price guide. And there's also a solid number of you at 14.8% that never buy a new one. So you just say you never buy one. You have it and that's it and have good luck. Another interesting aspect was how many other books people owned besides price guides. I was really surprised by this number. So the majority of respondents have a nice little library in their house with 48% of you telling us you own six or more books that are not price guides. So that's a, an amazing number. At the same time, 19.8% uh, told us you own no books outside your price guide and 16% of you only own one to two. So if I'm honest, I only won, uh, I only own one non-price uh, price guide book, which is the fantastic book by Charles Verge on the Seaway invert stamp. I love that book, but I guess in the future, I'd love to ask people, what are the books they own or what are the books I should check out at the library. Um, I'm, I'm lucky to be a member of a couple of societies, so I have access to libraries, so I'd love some recommendations on books I may be missing. And then now finally to the final question in this section, which was looking at how you all collect, and it was a curiosity of how much is spent monthly on stamp collecting. So I asked on average, how much do you spend on collecting stamps monthly? A little more than 34% of you spend under $49 a month, 28.2% of you spend between $50 to $99 monthly, and 17.3% of you spend over $200 a month. Interestingly though, we also asked the question in the survey, have you ever spent too much on stamps you could not tell your partner? And 35.5% of you said yes. So there are likely some splurges that are happening outside this monthly spend, but it was very interesting to kind of get a, an idea of the financial aspect in terms of what people are spending on stamps monthly. And speaking of financial aspect, we did ask one question about NFTs. So NFTs are the hot rage right now that you know people are talking about. And I purposely didn't want to put a definition of NFT to kind of see how people reacted to the question. Uh, but I now will add a definition here. So an NFT is a unique digital certificate registered in a blockchain that is used to record ownership of an asset such as a piece of artwork or a collectible. And NFT is a 
an acronym for non-fungible token. So I asked the question, are you interested in collecting NFT stamps? So not surprisingly, 45.3% of you said no. They're absolutely not interested in collecting NFT stamps. What's interesting to me is how many said they were unsure or who said yes, which means there is an openness to the idea. 5.56% of you said yes, and 49.07 of you said not sure. So if I take the 49.07 that said not sure and the 5.56% that said yes, the majority of people you know, are either yes or undecided. And if I look at the success of the Stanley Gibbons showpiece collaboration on the fractional sale of the British Guiana one cent magenta, I think the future is very exciting. They have sold about $6 million US of shares in this stamp. And other countries have also released NFT stamps, such as the US, which recently released their Day of the Dead stamps via Vivi, who has contracts with Marvel Comics for NFTs. And these NFTs sold very quickly. They actually sold out. So I know right now there is no interest from Canada Post per a recent interview with CSN and Jim Phillips regarding NFTs. However, as there is a new director of stamp services, Browin Graves, who's taking over, I guess we'll have to see what happens. But um, there are certainly little steps into the NFT space of NFT stamp collecting, and there seems to be an openness to it. So um, it'll be interesting to see what happens in the future. So now we come to how we connect. So this is just a section that looks at the way that people connect with one another. And, you know, one of the things I think about when I think about uh, stamp collecting is that it can be a very social hobby if you want it to be. There are lots of opportunities to connect and meet others. So I was kind of curious, especially with COVID, how people were staying connected and informed within the hobby. So the first thing I asked was if people are part of a local stamp club and almost 62% of respondents said they are members of a local stamp club. Now, while the majority of you are part of a local stamp club, there is a split of people who are members of national or international clubs like BNAPs, the Royal and others. So when I asked people, are you a member of a national or international stamp club? Only 49.5% of you said yes and 50.5% said no. So it's a split down the middle so certainly there's a majority of people that are part of local stamp clubs but not of the national or international clubs kind of interesting to see that but it kind of makes sense as well considering that stamp collecting is also fun when you can meet people in person and do those local connections Next, I was kind of curious about attendance at stamp shows. One of the great things these clubs do at all levels is host fantastic stamp shows. And I want to know once people felt COVID was under control, how many shows they plan to attend. And on average, most people will attend about two shows. So that comes out to about 1.97 if you average it out. We also learned that most people want to stay local with their shows. So only 26% of people attending shows out of their own province and only 19.4% out of their current country. So in many ways, these stamp shows are mostly a local affair. I'm not really surprised though. I don't think most people are. Um, I'm actually surprised at how high the number it was of people that go out of province and out of country for shows. So, you know, that's something really interesting and intriguing and certainly something that maybe once COVID restrictions come down a bit, we'll probably see the number go up slightly. So in many ways, the stamp shows are still mostly a local affair, although I'm really surprised and happy to see that there are so many people that go out of province and out of country to do stamp shows. And, you know, maybe it's something I need to explore myself in the future. 
So considering how social stamp collecting is, I really was also interested to know how do people prefer to connect online with other stamp collectors. It's really interesting, especially in a time of COVID, what are the key ways that people connect in the hobby? Even with COVID, 27.5% told me that they prefer in person only. So more than a quarter of people, 27.5% prefer meeting in person. However, Facebook groups and Zoom rank very high right now, which let's be honest, I suspect, and I think most of us suspect is due to the impact of COVID. So 24 months ago, I'm sure if I had done the survey, this would have been a totally different result because I'm not even sure most people in the hobby were even aware of Zoom as a software. They have now taken to it as the one of the top important channels for connections. So 38.5% of you told me Facebook groups, 28.6% of you told me Zoom, and 27.5% told me that they prefer in person. It's obviously very important that there are various other ways for people to connect. So they're using Facebook Messenger forums and virtual events forums and Facebook Messenger kind of round out the important channels that people use to stay connected. And then overall to, to round it out after in-person events is um, virtual events, Facebook Messenger and forums round out the other important channels that people use to stay connected. And also another aspect of connection to, I want to see or examine how people use different channels to stay up to date with the hobby. So I was curious to look at the channels that people prefer to get their news and stay up to date on the, the latest goings on. So there was one clear winner, which was social media at almost 60%. Although as a community builder, seeing fellow stamp collectors so high up made me feel so good with almost 42% of you choosing that as an option. Overall, there was a good mix of different channels across the board after social and more about that in a moment because I'm sure you're curious about the best channels to head to. So, you know, social media, is at 59.2%, fellow stamp collectors at 41.7%, um, stamp club, newsletters, dedicated websites, and all that kind of fill out the, the bit. So it's really spread out. It seems that a lot of people are using many different ways to stay connected, but social media by far at almost 60% is the main place to know. Um, and before we move on, I just wanna say how happy I'm, I saw in the survey that almost 10% of you found podcasts so helpful in staying up to date. That makes me feel so good. So hey, thank you for listening and being here. It just makes me feel good that I spend time working on things like this and that you find it valuable to stay up, date, up to date with the industry and what's going on. Then finally, one other thought, I was really surprised at how low magazines were on the list because it has always been an important source for me to stay up to date probably more than any other channel. And I guess it was really a surprise for me because honestly, the survey began with a question asking about what magazines people read that led to this larger survey. So it's actually why I went back to ask the greater public about what are their top magazine sources to get news related to stamps. And the number one by far is the Canada Post Details Magazine. 54.44% of you said the Canada Post Details Magazine is your source for staying up to date with the hobby. Then the Canadian Philatelist and the Canadian Stamp News tied at 40%. So that's the, the Royals, Royal Philatelic Society of Canada 
Magazine, the Canadian Philatelist, and then Canadian Stamp News, also known as CSN, is also a top one. Then really quickly behind it is BNAP's uh, Topics at 37.78%, and then the American Philatelist at 31.11%, which is put out by the American Philatelic Society. Um, it's also rounded out by um, the uh, Postal Historical Society Journal at 26.67% and Lynn's Stamp News at 20%. Stanley Gibbons is only at 12% in this list, but obviously the clear winner is the Canada Post Details Magazine, which I don't think is surprising considering that it's free and a really great source of information. Certainly the traditional print online media magazines are where many of us used to go for our channels, but as we saw before, it's clear that social media is now a primary source. So I wanted to consider what are those primary channels that your fellow stamp collectors are hanging out in, as they say. And I think that's really important for you to know because companies and media will be focused on those areas to share news. So if you're not currently on one of these social networks, maybe that's something that you want to examine. So we have the answers for you. So we ask people, what are your preferred social channels to get stamp news and content? By far and away, the number one channel that people prefer to get their news about stamps is Facebook. 55.21% of you told us Facebook was your preferred social channel to get stamp news and content. What shocked me was how high YouTube was. YouTube is 32.29% of respondents. It's the number two most popular place to get stamp news and content, which means I really need to do some work on my YouTube channel because I haven't in a very long time. So YouTube is a, a place where people like to get their uh, stamp news and content. The third spot is Twitter at 19.79%, so almost 20% of you prefer Twitter. And then we're rounded out by Reddit and Instagram. I was really surprised, honestly, that Instagram was so low in the list considering that stamps are such a visual medium. I thought it would be a lot higher up there. I don't know if that skews demographically. There wasn't enough conclusive data to really tell me if it was based on age that certain areas are preferred but I have noticed that Instagram has been very popular for me personally. So I guess in, in summary, the three channels that stand above the rest are Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. And I guess this isn't really surprising based on the demographics we know about these channels. For example, senior citizens in the US are the fastest growing group of Facebook users and younger users are on Instagram and Reddit. So considering that this survey skewed a bit older. I'm not surprised the number is a bit low. We did ask about other channels like Snapchat and TikTok and they did not register one vote at all. So either that's because there is no stamp content or people just don't think to look there. It was really eye-opening to me though to ensure that I spend a bit more time on our YouTube channel because I had not been focused on it at all. And obviously there's a significant amount of you that use that as a channel and source of information. It's also eye-opening to me too, so I don't waste my time on channels that people aren't looking at. So I had considered, for example, doing some stuff on TikTok, you know, I'm not going to waste my time because um, I don't think anyone would actually pay attention to that. And so we come to some of the final questions in the survey. So to end the survey, I had two free form areas for people to write 
whatever they wanted. So what I did is I used a tag cloud software called Tag Crowd, and I was able to gleam some interesting insights into you, my fellow collectors. And as I mentioned earlier, while exhibiting is not done by the majority of you, it was the top thing that people wanted to improve about the way they currently practice their hobby. In exact order, actually, um, this is what people want to improve. Exhibiting is number one, clearly. Then it was to increase their general knowledge of stamps. Third was access to background, ability to research on stamps. Number four was having a ability of better organization of their stamp collection. And number five, which is no surprise to anyone in the world, that they wish they had more time or more money for stamp collecting. I know I'm certainly in that bucket for sure. But more importantly than anything, I am so happy to know that this podcast satisfies number two, which is increasing general knowledge, and three, access to background stamps, which I guess is on most people's lists, is something that this podcast focuses on. I hope that I'm able to bring you even more stories in the future and help you get some of the information that you're looking for. And it actually brings me to the last question, which is why do you collect? I was so curious to know this answer. And number one answer was fun and enjoyment. It was certainly at the top of the list, but so was history and learning. Uh, learning history specifically and the history behind the stamps, if you combine it with the the other bit that we talked about before is, is a number one. And I didn't pay anyone to say that, but boy, it made my day after all this work to know that I was doing something with this podcast to give you the history behind the stamps. That's something that adds enjoyment to you and your hobby. So that to me is very fulfilling. And I was just so thankful that I was able to get that as a result. It was kind of like the cherry on top at the end of this very arduous analysis of the survey and results. So that's it for the 30th episode. Thank you so much for spending time with me. I hope you found these results as interesting as I did. I hope to make this survey an annual tradition. I have some ideas to make things better and I also appreciate any constructive feedback to make sure it is as well. You can drop me an email at feedback at stampstories.ca. Certainly looking for new questions, new ways to construct it. I'm certainly open to any ideas. It's really important to me that we do this survey on an annual basis and see what we learn about each other, fellow collectors, and see if there are trends and things that we can look forward to. I also want to tell you, if you enjoyed this research and would like to stay up to date with everything Stamp Stories, please check out our website at stampstories.ca where you can follow us in your favorite podcast app for free. If you don't already, please make sure you follow us. And if you also want, you can sign up for our free newsletter, which also has great content we uncover in between each episode. Now, if you're more into social media, as a lot of you have told us, you can follow us on our accounts on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. It's Stamp Stories CA, all one word. Um, choose the best way you like to stay up to date with our projects, our mission, and our podcast so you don't miss out. I also appreciate you, the listener, for being here and sharing this podcast with fellow collectors. I hope you had as much fun as me listening to this as I did putting it together. Finally, thanks everyone who filled in the survey and made this episode possible. I couldn't have done it without you. I hope you'll join us again for our next show. So stay safe and happy collecting.